the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When the alarm goes off each morning, do you instantly feel that sense of dread like, ooh, I've got to go to work? Well, let me tell you, you're not alone. Experts say four out of five people are unhappy with their jobs. So why is that? And what can we do to change it? Keep listening, and we'll discover how to make your work meaningful each and every day. Welcome to this edition of Living on the Edge with Chip Ingram. The mission of these daily programs is to intentionally disciple Christians through the Bible teaching of Chip Ingram. And if you're part of that group of people who feel unsatisfied with your career, then don't miss these last two programs of our series, Answering the Call. Chip's going to be in Ephesians chapter 2, exploring God's purpose for us and how we can find true fulfillment and joy in that calling. Well, here now is Chip with his talk, How to Discover What You Were Made to Do. Let me read three quotes that I, that I pulled out of the research that I thought were very encouraging, and they set the stage for you discovering the calling God has on your life. And we're talking to your particular calling. We know you are called to a person, Jesus. We know you are called to a purpose, right, to become conformed to his image. We know you're called to a people, the church, and to fit as an interdependent part of his body, and you're called to the process of sanctification to be holy, and you're called to a place, Different places at different times, but he has you in a role. Some are married, some are single, some are working, some are retired. Some are on the East Coast, Left Coast, some are from out of the country. You know, he's called you to a place. But what we want to know in that place is what specifically does he want me to do? What does my individual role, what's my job description based on my unique designs, what exactly is that? That's what this is about. So quote number one comes from... uh, Joe Calhoun and Bruce Jeffrey in their book called Prioritize. And this this is a challenging quote. They say, it takes great courage for men and women to discover their calling. You might circle the word courage. After all, it may not be what you're doing now. And to face your calling squarely may cause some significant disruption in your life. Anybody had that experience so far? You know, you're thinking down deep. I think I would really, my dreams, I would really like to do this. (gasps) But if I did, that would mess with expectations. That would mess with finances. That would mess with security. What would so-and-so think? My kids, uh, we would, right? It takes great courage, great courage to face your calling. Because there is the chance that you may not be doing it right now. Second quote is on the real positive side by Oz Guinness, his book, The Call, that's probably, probably the definitive work on this. I mean, if someone said, calling from God, one book, this is probably the one you'd want to get. Somehow, Oz writes, we human beings are never happier than when we are expressing the deepest gifts that are truly us. It's amazing how we look for happiness in all kinds of places, isn't it? But we're never happier 
We're never happier than when we're expressing who we really are, who God made us to be. And then the third quote is by a, a business consultant and coach. And he just makes this observation after working with executives and marketplace leaders and, and Christian leaders. He says, the vast majority of individuals spend most of their lives focused on activities where they are either incompetent or merely competent. Only rarely do their excellent abilities come into play and almost never do they experience uniqueness. Two facts to remember. You are fearfully and wonderfully and uniquely made by God. Look in your notes. Listen to what God says. This is about you. David prays. I will praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. When God looks at you, you know, sometimes we see the Alps or sometimes we see the Grand Canyon or sometimes we see the delicacy of a butterfly and we think, oh, God's works are marvelous. Or we see a picture of those galaxies, you know, those outer space pictures by the Hubble or something. When God looks at you, you're more marvelous than all of that. You're the pinnacle of his creation. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. David says his soul knows it very well. My frame wasn't hidden from you when I was made in secret. Notice this, and skillfully wrought. You know, you've seen a skilled artist. You've heard a skilled musician. What's it like when God says he was the skillful one that made you in the lowest part of the earth? Speaking of God, your eyes saw my unformed substance or, or my embryo. In your book were written for me the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. And that phrase, the days fashioned for me, the focus of that isn't so much extent, how many days. It's the kind of days. The days that were fashioned of what would you do in those days. In fact, uh, Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. There's some good works, and what's it say? Which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. There's a unique contribution that grow out of your unique design that God has prepared beforehand because he's fearfully and wonderfully and uniquely made you for you to walk in them, and when you do, you feel his pleasure. You're good at it. It impacts others positively. Everyone looks up and says, wow, that's God's glory, and you have this incredible experience of joy. That's God's plan. So fact number one is you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Fact number two is your unique design. Your abilities, gifts, and desires were fashioned by God to equip you to fulfill your unique purpose and calling in life that's pretty exciting isn't it i mean that's not like i I mean you know what that and that's true that's true if you're 22 or 92 the 64 dollar question comes to my mind then is how do you discover what that unique design is and how do you begin to put it into play in everyday life and to do that, um, I want to explore the concept of personal calling. And you'll notice there's a little asterisk, and the asterisk at the top under personal calling. If you go to the bottom of the notes, it says adapted uh, from priorities by Calhoun and Jeffries. I thought of a lot of different ways to explain this. I found one paragraph in this book. And I thought, you know, rather than me try and give you the, my interpretation, I thought, this is the clearest picture of it that I've seen. So exploring the concept of calling, answering the question, here's here's five truths about calling. I love this. Number one, it's yours alone. Calling is unique. It doesn't belong to anyone else because it calls on your uniqueness. No one else can serve in your place, even if they wanted to. I like that. 
You are different from anyone else in the world, even if you share the same genetic code with your twin. So the first thing about calling, it's, it's yours alone. Second, it calls on your unique gifts. Circle the word gifts. First, it's yours alone. But second, it's going to, to call on your unique gifts. You can serve in a way and in a place that no one else on earth can. Even if you're in a position or hold a title that many others have, you know, gives an example of you know, customer service. You can name any job. Your unique abilities will allow you to perform that job in a way that no one else can. Think of the dignity and the value and the worth God plays on you, regardless of the role or title or job. He says, I've made you so uniquely that in this role and this job at this time, no one can do it quite like you do it. Isn't that kind of the picture of 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 and Romans 12, of being a part of this supernatural community of the body? And just as there are many members of one body and all the members don't have the same function, so you are members of one another and that we need and work interdependently. Third, your calling calls on your unique desires. It's not just your gifts. It's not just abilities, but it's desires. We have different desires. Certain things that fire me up absolutely bore other people. And certain things that fire other people up absolutely bore me. That's why in all the churches I've had the privilege of pastoring, you know, when you form all these small groups, I always give people an exit the first two or three weeks. We have this idea, I'm a Christian, you're a Christian, we get in a small group, we're supposed to have chemistry. I got news for you, you don't always have chemistry. There's Christians I hit it off with easily and well, and there's Christians that they love God, I love God, I just don't want to hang out with them. But we're afraid to say that out loud. So in all of our small groups, I say get in a small group. And then after two or three weeks, if there's not chemistry, there's not a bad person. What you say is, hey, it was great to be with you. You guys are really cool. I'm going to look for kind of a little bit better fit. You say it a little nicer than that. But uh, (laughs) but you understand what I'm saying? See, you have desires. And they're different. Notice what it says here. And, and you know, this is, a, this is not a, necessarily a Christian book. It's the magic of calling. I would probably replace that with the mystery of calling. But the mystery of calling is that you don't tire of it. You get to do what gives you joy over and over. If you don't know what we're talking about, you haven't found it. And then I like this. That's okay. Keep searching. When you're in your calling, you can do it over and over and over and over, and you just get more and more and more charged up. You're listening to Living on the Edge with Chip Ingram. We'll get back to Chip in just a second. But if you're new to us, Living on the Edge is a discipleship ministry dedicated to helping Christians really live like Christians. To hear more of Chip's teaching, download the free Chip Ingram app. Now here's the rest of Chip's message from our series, Answering the Call. When you are in your calling, you can do it over and over again, and it just recharges you. And if you wonder, I've never done anything quite like that, then God probably bought you here to help you begin the journey to discover that. So a calling, it's yours alone. It centers around your gifts, around your desires. And then number four, your calling gives you strength and keeps you humble. See, a lot of us have wanted, not wanted to go here because oh, it was arrogant. What am I good at? Listen to this. By recognizing your calling, you gain the grace to acknowledge others in their calling, in their set of unique gifts and abilities. I love this line. 
You have no need to appear more important than you already are. On the other hand, you lose false modesty that says you're not good at anything. You grow in quiet confidence that you do make a difference and that you're supposed to do so. That is the beauty of the body of Christ. My dream for you is that you would actually get to where you know what your strengths are. If I gave you a three-by-five card and I asked you to write on the top of it strengths and then put a line down the middle, weaknesses, could you in three minutes give me your top three strengths and your top three weaknesses? And, and my, my journey is the average person can't do that. Now, if I said, here's a three-by-five card, you have 60 seconds, give me your top seven weaknesses, the average Christian can do that like that. Most of us are always trying to improve on our weaknesses and focus on what we can't do and think to even think or talk about our strengths is arrogant. I love as Prof. Hendricks used to say, God gave you strengths to have confidence in life. God gave you weaknesses so you'd be dependent and realize you need other people in him. But Peter Drucker was right. All great things occur when you build on islands of strengths. Our whole educational system probably is fairly backwards. We're trying to create all these super balanced people. You never, you never end up balanced. The people who've made the greatest impact are people who leverage their strengths and find other people that are great at their weaknesses. Now, some of your weaknesses, you just, you know, there, there's, a, there's a level of stuff, you know. I, I'm not a detailed person, but I can't say, well, I'm not a detailed person, so my check ba- never balances, and so the world's supposed to understand. No, I've got to figure out how to do that. So so, I'm not saying you're irresponsible, but I'm saying where your energy and focus goes, you need to understand what your strengths are. You need to know, I'm good at these things. I'm not so good at these others. And I'm going to develop my strengths. I'm going to leverage them. I want to take these God-given strengths and help them become the best they can become. And then finally, number five, discovering your calling can be the result of a moment or the unfolding of years. Each person comes to his own comes to it on his own path. Some at six, others at 60. For many people, their calling will shift. Put a line under that. This is so true. Their calling will shift as they move into different seasons of life. And so, you know, God may have brought you here to help you realize, well, I've always thought I've done this and this is my calling. You know, sometimes it might be a new season. For me, it was to call me. He brought me here and to teach this. So I could hear myself speak. And I've been, I've been, actually, all the messages you've had, I've been over them five, ten times where you get them. And then I get to hear them, then I get the feedback. He brought me here to bring me back to my calling and to say, this is what I made you to do. Chip, do that. And so you see, when you explore the concept, it's yours alone, rooted in gifts, desires. It allows you to see your strengths. It actually keeps you humble. And it can happen in a moment or it can unfold over time. For me, it was years unfolding. I never, vocational ministry was never in the cards for me that I could ever see. Little by little, that unfolded. And then I thought it was going to be a missionary. No, no, it's going to be a pastor. And then as it was going to be the pastor of a large church. That was part of the, and then, and then as it grew, then this is the role inside that large church. And then we ran out of room and services. And then there was this, we didn't try to do it, accident. It got on a media thing. And so the calling then got, it kept getting narrow, 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 narrow. It's going to be about this issue of teaching. That's your calling. And it's going to be in the local church. 
And it's going to be to help regular people live out their lives where Christians really act like Christians and the church really becomes the church. And then in 1996, it got real confusing, and I asked God, please help me see how it all fits together. And I had a aha, very clarion. I mean, Chip, I want you to be a catalyst to transform how America thinks about God, how pastors think about preaching, how churches think about their community, and how everyday believers live out their faith at home and at work. I'm in a field, Camp Koinonia, staff retreat, and I heard those words sitting quietly, and then the next one, did I go too fast? Write that down. And we were on like three radio stations, and I think one book was in the works, and I laughed out loud, God, you got to be kidding me. I'm one ordinary guy in one church on the West Coast. And God says, I, remember, it's catalyst. You don't need to be big. You don't need to be famous. You don't need to be a big shot. A catalyst is a tiny chemical when put in a big vat can still cause a chain reaction. I want, people to, I want people to return and have a high view of God and a high view of Scripture. I want pastors to quit just giving the feely-deely, here's how to do life over here, or teach through books of the Bible seven years in the book of Ephesians saying the meaning of the Greek word for the is the. <laughs> and Chip, I, you know, what I want you to do is I want you practically and relevantly give people tools, but I want you to teach through books of the Bible in a practical, relevant way that causes people to take steps and then give them a tool and show them how. And then help other pastors do that. And then transform how churches think about their community. I, I want you to model here and every place you go where churches get off of building their own little kingdoms and around the, all the centrality of the Word of God that we all do agree on, the world's going to hell in the handbasket. And whether you dip, dunk, or spray, I have convictions on all of that, but it's not worth arguing about right now. And whether you use an electric guitar or an organ, it's not worth arguing about right now. We've got people going to hell, and we've got Christians that don't act like Christians. Evangelism and discipleship around the core fundamentals of evangelical Christianity is where that's what we need to focus on, and churches need to come together in their communities and help one another and share resources and share staff and talk well of one another and serve the community. So that's what I want you to do. been listening to part one of Chip's message, How to Discover What You Were Made to Do. He'll be right back with his application for this teaching from our series, Answering the Call. Are you looking for a job, starting a new career, or just desperate for a fresh perspective on your current employment? Through this eight-part series, Chip unpacks what the Bible has to say about this idea of work and reveals why God intended it to be more than just what we do for a living. Stay with us as we discover how to find genuine enjoyment and fulfillment in our work and bring praise to God through it. To get more plugged in with this series or our many resources, visit livingontheedge.org. That's livingontheedge.org. Well, Chip's with me in studio now to share a special word that's been on his heart recently. So, Chip, would you take a minute and do that? Absolutely, Dave. What I want to share today is something really important. You are one of a kind, unique physical and spiritual DNA. You were created by God to fulfill a purpose that no one else can. Maybe it's to be a safe sounding board when people are wrestling with their faith. Or maybe it's funding big ideas into big realities. I don't know what your purpose is, but God has a strategic vision to use your skills, to use you in ways that you never dreamed. But what has God designed for you? Not sure? Well, here at Living on the Edge, we've created a brand new resource called The Real You. It's an online questionnaire designed to provide insight into how God wired you. 
This is more than spiritual gift test. You'll identify the patterns in which you think, what motivates you, and why teams need someone just like you. It'll take about 20 minutes to complete, and it won't cost you a thing. Then based on your responses, the real you will offer suggestions about how you can practically live out God's purpose for your life, whether that's at home, in the office, at church, or in your community. As a Living on the Edge partner, we want you to be the first to access this resource. Head over to therealyou.org to learn more. That's therealyou.org. Most Christians don't know how to leverage their God-given wiring and experiences for the kingdom. We want to change that. Thanks, Chip. As you can tell, we are really excited about this new resource. We hope The Real You will help you discover who you are and how God made you to think, act, and live. And as Chip said, you can sign up for this free assessment by going to therealyou.org. Or if it's easier, text REAL to 74141. That's the word REAL, R-E-A-L, to 74141. App listeners tap special offers. Well, here again is Chip to share a few final words. As we wrap up today's program and actually begin to come to the end of the series, I want to just just talk about this whole issue of calling. Because on the one hand, it's kind of exciting. And on the other, it's sobering. And if you begin to think deeply and you have some courage, you realize maybe I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I mean, maybe... Maybe even it's there's a job change in the future, or, and all that stuff begins to be scary. So let's let's just do a little thinking out loud together. First and foremost, God's calling is a fearful thing that requires great courage and a step of faith. There is an issue here that you know we have been brainwashed to believe that you just get a good job, you know, make money. It's a necessary evil. And, and, you know, life is really after you get off work. And that is so unbiblical and so unfulfilling. What I want you to know, there is a moral mandate that God wants you to do what he made you to do. God, in my case, called me to teach. I never dreamed that I could be a teacher. I didn't come to Christ until I was 18. Uh, I was a basketball coach. You know, I had a, a heart for lost people, but no real gifts in that way. But it was the the encouragement of other people. It was a risk. I mean, I'd already been to college. I'd already been to grad school. And it was like, God, you've got to be kidding. You want, me to, you want me to go into ministry? And I looked at this mountain of four more years of graduate work, and I came within an eyelash of going, you know something? God, you know, God can use me as a basketball coach. But I had this deep inner uh, compulsion to say, I have a stewardship of the gifts that God has given me. And I'm not going to lie to you, seminary was hard and working full-time, going to school full-time. But it was in that journey that God shaped my life. I'm getting to do now. I mean, as I shared in the teaching today, I have a blast doing what I'm doing. Yes, parts of my job are hard like everybody's job. But I have a blast doing what I'm doing. And there are times that I would say I I am uh, in shock. It's almost surreal to see that God would use an ordinary person like me, a basketball coach, who could be trained by others to teach God's Word in a way that God is choosing to transform literally millions of people's lives. Uh, What is it that he wants to do? And it doesn't have to be big, but it needs to be right. It needs to be what you're made to do. And and so uh, here's my challenge. 
between now and our next broadcast, I want you to think and to pray and to maybe just find a, a little sheet of paper or if you keep a journal or maybe even on a 3 by 5 card or open your phone and just type in, am I really doing what I was made to do by God? And then answer the question, do I deeply enjoy what I am doing currently? And if not, ask God, Lord, what do you want me to do? And if you're willing to respond, I want to tell you there may be an adventure that is so deep, so great, and so fulfilling, you could not even imagine that you were the one that will get to experience it. God loves you. He's got a great plan. Walk right into it. Great word, Chip. Thanks. Well, let me take just a quick second and thank the generous people who make monthly donations to support the ministry of Living on the Edge. Your faithful gifts help us inspire Christians to live like Christians. Now, if you haven't partnered with us yet, would you prayerfully consider joining the Living on the Edge team? You can set up a recurring donation by going to livingontheedge.org or by texting the word DONATE to 74141. That's the word DONATE to 74141. Or visit livingontheedge.org. App listeners tap DONATE. Well, join us next time as Chip wraps up his series, Answering the Call. Until then, this is Dave Drury saying thanks for listening to this edition of Living on the Edge. Living on the Edge is sponsored by Living on the Edge. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.